In this week's update, US moving higher but ready to sell off on any concerns. Mostly positive for commodities, but except for gold. My name's Gary Davis. As always, this is general advice only, and please remember to like and subscribe to the video. All right, quick market perspective. Uh, things were sailing along very nicely until uh, the Bank of Japan signified a bit of a shift in their um, bond market policy, and that triggered a bit of a mild panic on Thursday. The thinking behind that is um, bonds became that just that little bit more attractive in, in Japan, and that that would cause uh, a significant change in money flows with money going back to Japan and perhaps um, robbing the U.S. bond market. But look, my take is that it was a market that had run a fair way. It was just looking for a, some sort of pin to um, prick the balloon, and um, that was enough, and along with the, um, the GDP data in the U.S. as well. So the rebound on Friday pretty much dissolved what had happened on Thursday. So I think we're, you know, we're, we had one day down, one day back, one cancelled the other, and, you know, life goes on is pretty much the, the report from last week. Um, we then got some softer, helped, of course, we got some softer um, personal consumption expenditure data in America on, uh, on Friday night, and that, uh, that calmed the nerves as well. So the U.S. market did, um, did quite well. So if we look at U.S. earnings season, it's still progressing quite nicely as far as the market is concerned. Um, we're getting more positive responses than, than negative. They're tending to be reasonably extreme in, in either direction, depending on whether the market liked it or didn't like it. Um, and certainly on Friday night, I saw some very significant moves amongst some small caps uh, of the order of 30 40%. So there's still plenty of enthusiasm, plenty of money in the market, enough to drive those sort of price gains. Um, all right, so I think I've covered that. Um, but look, economically speaking, all the key elements are there now to support the rally. And I've been um, ticking these boxes off over the last few weeks. Um, the jobs market would appear to be resilient. You know, that was a concern that that could unstitch the market, but that appears to be okay. Uh, inflation is falling. Um, so that, that was a biggie and that seems to be okay. Recession now seems far less likely. It seems almost unbelievable that the Fed's going to be able to pull off a soft landing, but the, the odds are certainly mounting that that's what they've been able to do. And earnings are coming through good enough to support uh, the current valuations. There's a few exceptions, but you know, by and large, the, um, the the price charts are looking pretty positive. So that's the backdrop to the U.S. market, and therefore sentiment for the rest of the world. So let's look at American stocks. The S and P up one percent. Um, it was you know pretty steadily positive the whole week, except for Thursday, which was a bit of a disruption. Small caps are certainly supporting this, this broad rally. If we look at the US dollar index, it gained another half a cent, back up to 101.7. Ten-year yield was steady, uh, steady to slightly higher, 3.95. Uh, the VIX a little lower at 13.3, and the 10-year, two-year spread is still heavily negative, very heavily negative. So the bond market is 
is at odds with the Fed and the bond market is at odds with the data. And you don't see that very often. The bond market generally gets it right more often than not. And they've been, they've been playing this tune now for well over a year. Um, so oh, it's going to be very interesting to see how, um, how it uh, looks in six to 12 months time. But that's where we sit at the moment. So let's take a look at some charts. We'll start with the NASDAQ. Um, pretty classical chart, breakout, retest to the breakout, and then starting to, to move higher again. So the NASDAQ looking, uh, looking pretty solid. The Russell 2000 is sitting up here um, at a level where we, you know, we may encounter a little bit of, uh, a little bit of selling pressure, a little bit of added selling pressure. But still forming higher highs and higher lows and moving ahead uh, quite nicely. And if we go to um, to the S&P, pretty good week, except for Thursday. You can see open higher and then sharply down on the um, BOJ news, but then recovered on, uh, on Thursday, uh, on Friday, I should say. Let's look at the, the, uh, where the money flows are going, the NASDAQ. Back into leadership again versus the S&P. So that's a positive. Semiconductors also continuing to form higher highs and higher lows. So we've got a bit of a bit of a rising wedge there, but still looking really positive for semiconductors. Um, and quite a, quite a good re result and good response uh, for Intel, which has been a serial underperformer for many years in the semiconductor space, and even Intel seems to be going okay. Now let's look at the relative comparison on a sector basis. We'll go back a quarter, and this is how it's been. The, the um, more aggressive sectors, technology, um, consumer discretionary, and communication services, clearly above everything else. But when we zero into the last fortnight, as we saw uh, last week, you can see there's been a huge surge in energy. So energy's really done some serious catch up. And then XLV, which is healthcare, also coming from the bottom of the pack and coming in uh, above the others. But look, they're all, as you can see, they're all moving up strongly. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty positive market overall. Uh, if we look at the US dollar, um, second rebound, second week of uh, of rebounds, but look, it's still way, way off these highs up here at almost 115. Australian dollar fell under 66 to uh, complete the week. All right, Aussie stocks, uh, 65.93 is where we finished. Our index, 1.3% uh, 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 across the week. Um, CPI came in below expectations, the retail sales were soft, and so that points to it being more likely for the RBA to, to pause in the, rate, in the rate hikes. At least it gives them enough excuse to do so. Um, we'll have to, have to see on that. Um, when it comes to, when you, when you start to break the inflation data up in Australia, goods inflation is is falling, so that's good. But services inflation is still a still a concern, and with um, you know with wage rises starting to come through, 
uh, in the pipeline. Um, you, you know, you can see that the Australian inflation data could be worryingly high, and we may not see the uh, the uh, RBA pause to the extent that I think a lot of people are now expecting. Our market's jumping at shadows a little bit. It certainly had a nasty down day on Thursday. And with earnings season um, just getting started, I think you can expect uh, plenty of uh, volatility. So let's have a quick look at the at the six two hundred. So generally pretty positive selling on Friday, but did did finish well off its lows. But we're still within the range that has applied for more than two years, so still stuck that level. Uh, let's look at gold and silver while we're here. This is gold on a weekly chart, um, just down uh, $2 on the week. Looking at it on a daily, not a lot of change there. Silver, also quite volatile. Silver moving around uh, quite a lot. So 1960 is where gold finished. Um, and what we're seeing is over the last year, 18 months, the investment funds are tending to sell while the central banks are buying at rates well above historical levels. And from my perspective, central banks, they're the long-term stable hands. They're not, they're not trading gold. They're accumulating gold or they're liquidating gold over very long period, very long time frames. So the fact that central banks have been buying now for the last year, two years, at well above historical rates, um, should give a very good underpinning to um, to the gold market. And so I read that as quite a bullish long-term rotation. But the gold price is not really in, in tandem with that yet. But Look, we've got so many things that could be positive for gold and then the central bank buying on top of that. It's, um, it's logical to expect that at some point in the not too distant future, gold is going to have another crack at, um, at breaking above the, the 2070 level. Translated into Aussie dollars, we had a pretty decent rise, almost back to $3,000 an ounce in Australian dollars. Whereas GDXJ, still really no, no joy for the producers. There's some uh, development companies that are seeing some good price support in the market. But as far as the producers go, it's, um, it's still a pretty difficult scenario. Other commodities, copper up a little bit, and so was nickel to almost $10. Crude oil also surged to about 83 at the peak, sold off a little bit on Friday. But nevertheless, that was about a net $5 gain on the week. As a consequence of um, the Saudis either cutting or talking about cutting production, and also the fading expectations that the world is going to be beset by a recession, it's going to kill demand for oil. Well, that's not happening either by the look of it. So um, that's really fueling the, uh, the gains in crude oil. This spot copper, it is gradually working its way north, but a terrific story over the next two years or so, I believe. Terrific opportunity. There's the spot nickel chart. It's, um, it's really just 
in a base. So I'd like to see that starting to form higher highs and higher lows. But as I've been saying over recent weeks, certainly held back by the added production out of, um, out of Indonesia. I thought I'd uh, throw in spot zinc as well. I think zinc is another long-term, very attractive proposition in critical metals. Um, the price is well down as, as copper has been. So I think that's another one not to lose sight of. Wrapping it up, um, when you've got rallies like we're seeing in the US and in some parts of the Australian market, it's easy to get lazy with your discipline because, you know, you sort of get lulled into a bit of a false sense of security that, you know, we're going to have our ups and downs, but the market is working its way higher and it's easy to get you know, just a little bit slack. You really don't want to let that be you because, you know, earnings season is, is going to throw up plenty of volatility. There's plenty of things that could go wrong. And I think a lot of the Australian market is at risk. There is only some narrow parts of the Australian market that I think have got a very robust and almost guaranteed future ahead of them. Most of the rest of it is pretty murky. So you've just got to be clear about your game plan, clear about your purpose on an individual trade basis, and, um, and just be disciplined in how you apply that. So there, I mean, that's not a new message from me. It's, it's, um, you know, related to, to why I've been doing these Sunday videos for nearly 17 years. It's to provide a completely independent, unbiased view of what I see to help with perspective. And getting a, getting a constantly refreshed perspective on the market is one of the most valuable commodities you can get. And too many people that I see get too caught up either at an individual stock level or they get too caught up in the logic of what should happen rather than what is happening. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's really the primary purpose that this, this video serves. Portfolio Analyst last week, we looked at nickel and my watch list in particular for nickel because I think that's a, um, that's a, a pretty good long-term story. Maybe not right now, but, you know, you need to get your ducks in a row early. That's it for this week. More information on the website. There's my email address and I'll be back with you next week. Cheers.